a Podcast One production. The truth about starting a business, crafting a career, having a family and managing to fit it all in. Superwomen, we ain't. From the founder of Boost Juice, Janine Ellis, and leading executive and career coach, Margie Hartley. So, Martina Hingis is playing tennis in the Australian Open. Bruce McAvaney is commentating with John McEnroe. And um, Bruce McAvaney says, oh, that's terrible. And John McEnroe says, I just don't know why she doesn't know what she's doing is wrong. It's basic. Someone should tell her. And Bruce McAvaney turns to John McEnroe and says, John, have you ever tried to tell an 18-year-old what to do? And he goes, no, what are you talking about, Bruce? And Bruce goes, you can't, they know everything. Isn't that so true? Having teenagers, teenage boys, there is a point where they seriously look at you, despite the fact that you've achieved what you've apparently achieved, and you think I would know something about business or something about anything. And then suddenly they look at you and you go, it was if you would know anything. Uh, you, what can you tell me? There is nothing, mum, that you can actually teach me because I know everything. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about the art of not knowing. Because what they haven't realised yet is it's actually the art of curious mind and searching for knowledge is what the meaning of life is. And that's what I've discovered. And look, I was probably the same. I was a horrible teenager. I'm sure I was. But you've, we've been there, you know. I've been in a meeting with a young person and they're, you know, a bit, oh, my God, I'm with the founder. I have to pretend I'm really smart. And you sit there and you, you say, you, you talk about, look, are you understanding what I'm saying? And they're nodding and, yes, I agree. Do you fully understand what I'm expecting of you? Yes, I understand fully what you're saying. They walk out the door and you go, I know she has no idea what I talked about. But okay. she, but it, And it's learning to go, Janine, actually... I didn't understand that. And it's it's that maturity. And if you're listening to this, please just be honest. People respect that so much more. Your bosses will respect it so much more than if you just pretend. Because I must admit, I do, as a, as a leader of people, when people don't ask questions, you just know. It's And the ones that don't take notes, I think, well, are they these super people that just can't remember anything? I even at any time will sit with anyone and have a notepad and make notes all the time. So today, Art of Not Knowing, what are we going to talk about? Okay, I think the, there's three areas I think I want to touch base on. How to unleash your mind. So how do you think about using the two ears and, and less of the lips? There's no such thing as a stupid question. Oh, I love that one. Oh, my God. Have I got some – have I asked – and mind you, I probably have broken up that rules and have asked stupid questions, but people have to suck it up. And also something which I think you can really help with, which is some tricks and tips to really help people to understand the art of not knowing – so, so we're gonna. The first thing we're gonna talk about is how to unleash your mind. So, what are your thoughts on this one, Margie? I love the conversations around fixed mindset versus growth mindset. We've all heard it. Carol Dweck's done enormous work on this. But actually, when we have a fixed mindset, we tend to look at problems rather than solutions. We think about what's wrong rather than what's strong. We have a, a view of our perspective narrow in our own backyard. We talked about travel a lot, Janine. But it opens your mind. Mm. And this is this is exactly the essence of what we talk about when how to unleash your mind. Now, 
You and I talked before about this idea of having in-the-box thinking, where you become quite overwhelmed and everything seems to, all of your issues or goals seem to link into each other. And I like to think of drawing a box, putting myself in there, and all of the things that I'm worried about or going on are in that box and they're tangled up with string. The big thing is not to try and untangle the string, but to step out of the box and try and give yourself a different perspective. I completely agree with that. It's interesting is when your mind's made up, it gives you a really narrow vision and it actually it actually does obscure your ability to see the whole picture because you've already gone, no, I've actually made my decision. And if you're out there and you're not actually going, maybe there's something I can learn. And often people go, I can only learn from people above me, as in older than me or more oh, no. experienced at me. Yeah. If you open your mind to say that I can learn something from all sorts of people, it's amazing what comes into you. And in particularly more so, actually more so now than ever before, because the way of technology and where it's going is that it's the youth that's embracing it. They're the early adopters. And it's us as business leaders who actually need to listen to them to understand what's happening and what's coming to us. One of the most successful programs I've been involved with was a reverse mentoring program where really young graduates were actually in the C-suite, as they call it, with senior executives actually changing up the perspectives. And it's incredibly powerful. I, I look, my we're joking about 18-year-olds knowing everything, but uh, my daughter Grace, her favourite question of people is, if all jobs paid the same, what would you do? And everybody takes a step back for a moment and says, well, that's so interesting. I, I need to think about that. So um, having um, conversations with everybody and not feeling like you know it all, uh, having a growth mindset, incredibly important to gain your perspective. I think about little kids and the one of the things, there's two things that they said all the time and eventually it got, made you go mad. The first thing was, mum, mum, and you go, oh, my God, say it again, I'm going to scream. The second thing was, why? Yeah, why is that, mum? Why is that? And for somewhere along the line from, I don't know, maybe seven to for 27, that why gets lost. And if we can capture that youthfulness of that why, then that's actually where the gold is. And so if we can just somehow find the why, then life would be so much better. Yeah. Sorry. And checking for our assumptions. I'm I'm always, I know in a lot of the businesses I work in, the part of their practice is to make sure that, you know, we're not assuming uh, we're checking our assumptions. But personally, as you're going into business, you know, stepping in and making sure that you're open, you're looking for solutions, you're actually realising that it's okay not to know everything. Because seriously, I don't know anybody who knows everything. A lot of people fake it, I find too. Like people come to me and I always raise my eyebrows if they're not taking notes. And the other thing is I found is a real sign of respect, is if someone actually recommends a book, actually read it and come back and, and tell them. Because if you give someone a book and say, look, this really helped me, I've listened to your issues, I've listened to what, what your challenges are, I believe this book could help you. And then you, you check in with them three months later and said, how'd that book go? Oh, I haven't got around to reading it. Then you're faking it. 
you're not really respecting what I said. Because if you really respected what I've said and you really do want to self-help, then take the advice of the person that actually gives it to you. Mm. And you sought a lot of advice early on, didn't you? You spoke to a lot of people. And you. one thing I do know about you, Janine, is you were really open in business about things you didn't know. You, I mean, we've heard the story about you Googling terms when you're sitting in a meeting. Um, you didn't openly say you didn't know them, but you didn't pretend even to yourself that you knew everything. No, completely. And you, you're right. I knew pretty much when I got started with Boost Juice Bars that I had a massive skills gap and knowledge gap. And so instead of me going, oh God, I just don't know, which a lot of people say, I don't know, which is all perplexing to me because I go, well, find, there's a way of finding out. So I would contact, uh, so if someone like Leslie, Leslie Gillespie from Baker's Delight, so I got on the phone to her and I said, Leslie, you don't know me, but I'm starting a juice bar and I'd really like to buy your coffee. And she not only did I buy her a coffee, but was she an enormous help of knowledge. She would give me discs, it was a long time ago, discs of systems that worked really well for her at Baker's Delight. She would sit down and assist me in some of the challenges I had. And I took a notebook and I actually basically wrote, scribbled notes and notes and notes. And it was just that generosity of of her time. But I respected her time so much that I actually made sure that I implemented. If she said read a book, I would read it. But how amazing that two ways here, that you thought, I don't know. You didn't even pretend to yourself or to others. I don't know. And you actually went out and asked someone who did know. And then there she is. She wants to help. Mm. What an extraordinary story. I want to meet her. No, she's great. She's a great she's a great lady. And look, there was another guy called called um, James Fitzgerald who actually founded Muffin, Muffin Break. Unfortunately, he, he's passed away. But he was another one that was very generous at the time. And, you know, Jeff Harris was a, an early investor and he was he was every six oh, weeks. Oh, from um, Flight Centre. Flight Centre. So, yeah, Jeff Harris from Flight Centre was an early investor and he was really dedicated into mentoring and he was very much someone that every six weeks we would we'd sit down and we'd go somewhere and we would... You know, he would just go, look, let me download knowledge that I've got. And I just basically sat there like a sponge and sort of sucked it up with my two ears open. So for me, I learned very early, probably through need, through boost, that the power of actually listening instead of talking is actually so valuable. So Janine, you're talking there about mentors for you, people who are generously giving up their time for advice rather than a coach who's going to keep you to your goals, mentor someone who's really helping you and advising you along the road. So I'm interested, I mean, I teach mentoring and and I teach mentees, as they know, not mentors, but mentees <laughs> to be really um, effective in their relationships uh, with mentors. What, what are your ideas and thoughts around mentoring? Look, I never really saw them as mentors, actually. I never gave them a label. I just thought they were wonderful people that gave me some time and I had specific questions that they answered and they were available for me on email, which is called a mentor. So you don't want a million people ringing you now and asking you to be their mentor? Look, there's no question that I get a lot of a lot of inquiries about, well, I mentor people. And occasionally I will grab a coffee with someone or a cup of tea or a juice or a smoothie to actually sit down and hear and hear about some of their challenges. It's normally someone who's got a, a more of established business because I think I can help them more than someone starting up. But for me, you know, the mentoring, the networking, the, the groups is something that I never did at all other than grabbing the odd coffee. So people, 
you know, throw out, you know, you need to do mentoring and you need mentors and you need to do networking and all of this. For me, I never did any networking whatsoever. For me, I was barely struggling to survive through three children, a business, travel, growing a business. And I actually wish I probably did some more networking because I felt so isolated that I was the only one going through things. It was actually in 2004 when I became part of the Telstra Business Women of the Year Awards that networking became part of what I actually did. And I even now don't do it a lot, but I found the value of it. Suddenly I was surrounded by a whole lot of women who were in the same boat as me, having the same challenges, doing the same juggling. And I saw great value out of that. In actual fact, you could nearly feel your shoulders sort of go, oh, I've actually, I'm not alone. Mm. And so networking is, is actually really important if you can find the right networking. And then after that, I joined a networking group called Young Professional Organisation, which was a YPO, it's international. And again, I was with people with similar sized businesses that we can actually talk about some of the challenges. And you find the higher you get onto a ladder, whether it's in corporate or your own business, the more lonely it is. And it's not, oh, poor me, I'm lonely. It's just that you have to have a different relationship with your employees than you do with other people. And sometimes you don't want to sit to an employee and go, let me tell you some of my challenges. Yeah, you know, that doesn't work very well. So what would have you told the young Janine who was 34 years old, she's got three kids, she's just started a business, she has no idea about debit and credit, never hired a person a person in her life and she's on this roller coaster ride. What advice would you give her? Well, I wouldn't be telling you to go to every networking event on earth and saying, hi, I'm Janine from Boost Juice. I wouldn't be telling you to drop all of your business cards out of an aeroplane over the over the um, Melbourne because that's really not what it's about. I'd actually be asking, what are the things that you want to achieve? What are your specific goals? So you don't know about debit and credit and bookkeeping well, right? So what's your goal around that? All right, now let's go out and find somebody who you know or who someone near you knows that can help you with that. Let's be targeted. And sometimes you have to pay, sometimes you don't. And then often by asking people who are good at that thing, they're going to spend two or three hours with you max and send you on your path. And that's all that's required. That is a really good mentoring relationship. Dragging mentoring relationships on, not asking goal-focused questions, actually, you know, milling around, asking someone for a coffee and they're not paying for it. It's my big bugbear. But anyway... Um, Looking for a free coaching session, my other bugbear, but actually really target it and make sure you're going in with some specific questions and you know what the goal is for that hour. That's actually really good advice, and I've um, I've always just given free advice, and and often I've paid for the coffee. So I've no, no, you're not doing I, that again. I remind them that they need to pay for the coffee. Look, you know the takeouts that I've taken from uh, How to Unleash Your Mind is if you really have to embrace the student mentality, then you'll always be learning and improving, and just continuing to look within and and just keep those ears open. The other thing I want to talk about is that saying they say there is no such thing as a stupid question and we've all, even though we say there's no such thing as a stupid question, I think I've asked stupid questions in the past, I can think a couple of them, um, but genuinely there's actually not. 
So what's your view on, you know, how have you come across this stupid question type theory in your career? Well, there's a couple of things, that are, a couple of points that I think are really important to make here. One is I regret not asking more questions and pretending that I knew what was going on because it turns out that if I'm pretending, probably 30 to 40% of the rest of the people in the room are also pretending. Well, how many times have you you've said a question and you see the whole room go, oh, God, thank God she asked for that? Well, <laughs> because yeah. we all want we all want to ask, but no, we didn't want to look stupid. Exactly. And one of you know, I'll be facilitating senior teams. Doesn't matter who it is, and I'll say to I'll say the really basic. Does everyone know what that acronym meant or means? And people go, no. But everyone's too scared to ask and somebody's going on and on. The context is all left. So as a facilitator, I'm big on setting context and blasting assumptions out of the room. I can ask massive investment bankers and banks why they want to be number one. No one's ever asked them that question before. Or you can ask a simple question like, when have you been at your best? And all of a sudden, the simple questions are the ones that actually are going to get you some of the most positive answers. You talked about the fact that people didn't understand the acronyms that of, of, of what you were talking about. That's one of the key things that people actually never ask about. But they, people need to understand that every single business has their own acronyms. And... So for us, we have FBCs, MITs, yeah, YT Day. Like it's every single business has their own, and so it's actually okay for clarity. Like I, my first board role, I sat down there and they were, might as well be speaking Swahili. Yeah, I had no idea what they were talking about, and I couldn't even Google it because they were they were their own business acronyms. So it's okay to go look, guys. I'm really sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about on this one. Can you just? clarify. And not, not one time has anyone looked at me and gone, you're kidding, you don't understand what this is. They've just gone, oh, this means that. You go, okay, thank you for that. And I do want to put a caveat on this because I agree with you entirely. However, if you haven't done your preparation and you haven't done your homework and you turn up and ask a question that you should know, well, then that is a stupid question. Because if you haven't prepared and you turn up in the room and you're wasting people's time because you think it's okay just to ask lots of questions in the moment, no, it's not. But actually, clarification, context setting, being clear, that's all really good. They're all good things to do. That's actually a really good point because I've been in meetings where people want to look smart so they actually ask too many questions. And you sit there and you go, mate, have you not read the frickin' board report? It's all in there. Mm. And, you know, you're actually now looking stupid and you're looking ill-prepared. So you, you're quite right. There's that fine line between, hey, ask a lot of questions and just being ill-prepared. I, I, going back to no such things as a stupid question, if you actually have that philosophy, it can actually save you a lot of money. And I'll tell you oh, why. Nice. I'm a complete tight ass when it comes to paying for lawyers and accountants. And I wouldn't say I'm a tight ass, actually. I, I like to get value for money and I think they overcharge just so you, just for the clarity. You should see my fees. My, <laughs> I've heard that, but you're worth it though. That's different. I get more better value. So for me, when I was starting out, legal fees were something that really didn't make me any sales. So it was, for me, I looked at it as sunk money. I hated it. <laughs> So what I did was I thought, okay, how do I avoid legal fees in the future? And I thought the way to avoid legal fees in the future is to have more knowledge. So I was one of those really rare people that read contracts, right? So I actually did read them. But I read them to a point where I wanted to understand every single word and every single meaning because I thought if the more I knew 
the less I would need the lawyer next time. So I used these legal sessions for, yes, getting advice, but I also used it as a way of obtaining more knowledge. And by doing that in the way of saving money, it gave me a stronger knowledge base. So in actual fact, what I found from that was that lawyers get it wrong. By me knowing more, I could pick up more errors. By me knowing more, I could put better clauses in there that actually were to my betterment. So in actual fact, if you go down this path of asking lots of questions and unleash your mind and and the art of not knowing, it actually gives you a better base to make better decisions later. So in business, use those lawyers, use those professionals, use the margies of the world that you're paying a fortune for, for her advice, and make sure that you suck her dry so that you use that stuff so you don't need to use her in the future. And that is actually a really important point in business. Great. I love it. It's fantastic. A lot of people get a coach and they think, I've had my coach for three years. Actually, a coach should really just be around for a specific time, like a mentor. Same thing with lawyers. But I love that idea that you actually wanted to meet. You didn't sort of accept somebody as being much more knowledgeable than you. You wanted to be a partner in those conversations. And so to do that, you just lent in. I, I love it. I love that. Well, look, you know, I respect the fact that they had a knowledge in an area I didn't have knowledge. And I knew to be the best business person I could and to make the best decisions I could. You needed to know I, more. I had to know more. Mm. And I found the fact that people invested in my business, I found that a real burden in the sense that I felt like I didn't, couldn't lose their money. And I was making big decisions that would last decades sometimes, you know, signing contracts and signing leases. So it was so critical that I made those decisions with as much knowledge as possible. I didn't want to say I was too busy, I signed it just to get it off my desk, because if that came back and bite me, then that would, that would be wrong. And so to not ask the right questions, you're not doing yourself, nor are you doing your business any favours whatsoever. Love it. Love it. I've got a question for you, Janine. It's, it might I want you to think about it. It's a bit deep. Ooh. Are you coachable? I would say I am so coachable. So why do you say that? Uh, because... I am really fortunate to be surrounded by many businesses. I'm surrounded by great, smart people. And by being surrounded by all of these, this lush of intellectual data, I know what I don't know. And so I approach every situation as a student. What can you teach me? Margie, what can you teach me? You know, we've got this gorgeous producer here, Brooke. What is her experience? How can she teach me things? You know, the receptionist, you know, what's her story? So if you have an open mind on where can I get more knowledge and what can I learn, then you're coachable. So for me, as a an executive coach and a facilitator and somebody who works with businesses to be successful, I know that the heart of all of that is the, the ability to be coached and to not know everything. So this idea of the art of not knowing is really important for people to go out there and say there's always more to learn. And I'd take it down to there's always more to learn about yourself. There's always more, more to learn about communication. There's always more to learn about business. There's always more to learn about what other people are doing. 
And so be hungry for that and be coachable. And be open to the fact that there's always someone out there with a different view to you. It may not be your view, but there's probably elements in there you go, actually, that makes sense. That they've got different experiences to you. We we don't live in isolation. So having two ears and one mouth, I think there's a reason for that. Superwomen We Ain't is a Podcast One production recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne. Executive producer is Grant Tothill, produced by Brooke Carrigan, audio by Darcy Thompson. Listener.